Welcome to Geek Exploration the Podcast, where we're just recording this to retain the rights to Geek Exploration the Podcast. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Hopefully you'll have fun with this uh, low production value romp. Remember to keep your expectations low. We're talking Fantastic Four, 1990-something by Roger Corman. Four? Is it 1994? That's what I thought. Nineteen ninety, Fantastic Four. No, that yeah. doesn't work. I mean, it's probably not not that much different from the uh, from the Fant Four stick that uh, that came out a few years ago by Josh Trank. But um, you know, all the Fantastic Four mishaps there have been, I think this is probably well regarded as the big one. Yeah, is the the progenitor of fucking up the Fantastic Four franchise? Yeah, yeah, it, di- it did it early. the The cartoons in the '60s and the '90s did an okay job, but oh wait, no, I think the '90s cartoon came after this flick. So we are talking about the convention darling, the uh, the oft spoke about, not in uh, in kind ways. The Star Wars Holiday Special of Marvel Comics. Yes, yeah, this was the Fantastic Four movie. By Roger Corman, uh, famed director of low-budget, uh, usually horror movies. You know, science fiction flicks for sure. He was a a trauma legend. Oh, I didn't know he did the the trauma stuff as well, did he? I believe so. Oh, shit. No, wait, oh, no. Am I thinking of Harvey Corman? No, Harvey Corman's somebody else entirely. That's a comedian, isn't it? I have no idea anymore. I don't know what's going on. It's late on Saturday night. We did a, con- <laughs> a little store show early. Er? And, uh, you know what? Maybe he wasn't involved in trauma. No. Okay. He's known for, you know, Little Shop of Horrors, Pit in the Pendulum. Wow. Um, well, maybe he didn't direct that. A lot of Vincent Price stuff. Death Race 2000 in, in the 70s. His movies was where James Cameron got his start as yeah. a, uh, as a, it was like a set designer or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, did props and shit, like yeah. glued all sorts of shit to the wall and spray painted it, and all of a sudden it's a spaceship. Um, yeah, so I take that back about trauma. For some reason, who is the trauma guy? I Sorry, everybody, because this definitely has to stay in. Oh, Lloyd Kaufman. That's the, the trauma guy that I was thinking of. Okay, so scratch all that. Roger Corman, <laughs> low budget horror and sci-fi movies, but he is a legend. Yeah, B movie master. Yes. Um, so, not much is known about this. I, I can see Ben's reading the Wikipedia about it right now. I I was choosing to. Yeah, I pulled up Roger Corman when you were wondering who he was, and just to see uh, to see if he was the trauma guy. And he, yeah, no, you did the same thing. Yep. Um, so this movie was set to come out in theaters like there there were i remember seeing it on the marquee at uh at the the old the off-spoken of cynodomes there was an, an announcement at san diego comic-con that year like i mean it seemed like it was definitely a thing that was going to be coming out and there was some hype behind it yeah uh and then it it didn't no it all of a sudden did not now i i would love to uh check out a at least a wikipedia article after we watch the movie um, oh, yeah, because this is going to be like Zardoz, uh, the Zardoz episode for those who were with us then, where we're going to just go ahead and watch a movie that 
we, uh, in Ben's case, have never seen, or in my case, saw once, probably stoned about 20 years ago after a WonderCon event where I bought it on VHS. Um, So it's been a long time. So this movie, you know, like, like we were saying, got pulled, but it is just a bootleg convention gem. It is something that you can find illegally obtained. Ooh, it sounds so dangerous. You just find somebody who's putting out bootleg movies. They've got it. Yeah, literally the same guy that's selling ho- Star Wars Holiday Special. That yes. guy's also got this movie. Yeah, I was uh, I was recently at a shop, and I saw Fantastic Four there, and I immediately thought of this very thing. You know, something that we could do with uh, with little research, and we could have fun doing it, and bring something to light. I also on the uh, on the back burner is the Justice League unaired pilot from I don't know mid nineties, mid late nineties. Yeah, see that one I've never even heard of. Like th- this one, I I I've known about for a long time. Like I've I've heard about it and know that it's a thing, but I've never had a chance to actually see it before. So. Um, I'm setting my expectation bar pretty low. Like it's pretty well known as a pretty trashy movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the main thing about it is just that from what I remember, it feels like a nineties television movie. Like, like yeah. the effects are bad. The acting's pretty bad. There are a couple things that I'll wait until afterwards to talk about just so I don't, uh, so I don't set, you know, your, your eyeballs looking for anything when we're watching it. I mean, I'm expecting a B-movie, which honestly, I love B-movies. If you don't expect it to be something that it's not, you can have a lot of fun with cheesy B-movies. Um, whereas like the, what was it, the 2005 Fantastic Four, somewhere around there, early 2000s? Yeah, the Tim Story ones. Yeah, those were early, mid-2000s. One of them came around, came out right around Superman Returns in uh, 2000. Six, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, yeah. early, you know, mid-aughts. Yes. <laughs> the mid-aughts. And uh, those movies were, you know, they spent a ton of movies on. Definitely not B-movies. Also not very good. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, at least this one wasn't a $90 million turd. It, it's a cheap turd. And uh, that, I don't know, I find that more intriguing. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see this. You know, like I said, it was it was only ever the one time there is nobody who knows anything about this who has expectations that are set anywhere other than where they should be. <laughs> yeah, no one's going into this expecting their mind to be blown. Yeah. I mean, low budget 90s, the special effects, they can't be good. And uh Fantastic Four is one of those properties that requires some special effects. Like you've got a dude that's on fire, you got a dude that stretches, a dude that's made of rock, and a lady that can turn invisible. Invisible's a little easier to do. Yeah. That's probably the easiest effect that they could get out of any of these characters. Well, yeah, and even with, you know, a good special effects budget, like you mentioned in the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies or in the Josh Trank Fantastic, it really didn't look good. I think Fantastic did it better. But only because of of what they were doing with it, instead of having like a you know, there was no fucking dance club scene where he's trying to use his wobbly extended limbs as <laughs> as like dance move things, like doing the wave with it or like doing some giant fucking twist where he looks right at the camera. Oh, ugh, ah, sorry, that was so bad. I ugh. we don't ever have to cover that movie on here, please. No, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting 
probably equivalent levels of writing out of these two flicks. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- this one, but the you know the cheap '90s one seems like it'll justify that that level of schmaltz and uh, low effort a bit more. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna go watch this movie, and we're gonna come back and talk about it. And if you have access to this movie, you should pause your podcast and go watch it real quick and come back and join in on the discussion. I mean, you'll just be talking to yourself because this is pre-recorded, but you should join in and yell the things you think while we're talking. Yes. Listen in on our discussion and speak to yourself. I mean, you could call us at 916-ORC-TURG and yell those things into the phone, but uh, we won't hear them until well after this is recorded. Yeah, but the listeners will hear it. We'll play it. Oh, yeah. Are you an animation connoisseur? Someone who likes in-depth analysis and an articulated debate when it comes to discussing cartoons? Well, this isn't that kind of show. I'm JD. Join me and my friends Kyle and Matt every Tuesday for the Ink and Paint Club podcast, a show where we tackle a myriad of animation topics. From the current releases to digging up treasures from animation history, we attempt to have discussions while sounding passably competent and maybe crack a few jokes. It's always a good time, so why not join the club? Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, shoot us a message if you'd like to join our Discord, and you can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you cram podcasts into your ear holes. Hey, Ben, welcome back. Hey, John. So what'd you think? Oh, that movie. I mean, okay, so I'd seen it once before, like we said. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of memories going into this, but it pretty much lived up to it. That is not a good movie. No, no, it's it's not. But uh, like I said, my expectations were low. Honestly, I think it exceeded them. <laughs> like, I didn't know quite what to expect out of it, and it wasn't all trash. It was it was just, mostly trash. Yeah, just like Wesley wasn't all dead in uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> yes. Just mostly dead. I mean, to be honest, I think that's my favorite Doom costume that they've had so far in any of the movies. Yeah, yeah. The green was a little comically bright, but I mean, it was totally faithful. Like, I've wanted to do, like, a Doom cosplay for a while, Mm -hmm. and uh, I would be pretty happy if my Doom cosplay looked like that suit. Yeah, yeah, that was solid. Um, So, I guess let's just talk about suits right up top, since we are talking about it. What did you think about the Fantastic Four tight suits? I mean, they were also fairly comic accurate. (laughs) I mean... Stop being so nice. They don't deserve it. I mean, they, did, they, they did nothing to to warrant this. Well, I mean, they they I mean, they were clearly sewn by the director's grandmother. Yeah. And uh, but otherwise, like, I mean, style wise, they look like the their suits from the comic for the most part. I mean, they, yeah, they nailed they they. I don't almost say they nailed it, but they uh, they faithfully tried their best. Yeah, they they didn't try to reinvent the wheel with the costumes, and I mean. It's just, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with with it looks like it was sewn by somebody's grandmother. Yeah. Like, it looks like a Halloween costume that you made at home. It's got this, like, shockingly royal blue that's kind of shiny. And then this also came at a time when, um, when in comic books, they were blue and white. Which, you know, originally they were, they were like a lighter blue and more of a black. Yeah. And, or maybe light blue and dark blue, but it read like black. And, uh... Boy, was this, uh, it was hard to look at. Yeah, I mean, again, if I was going to do like a Reed Richards cosplay and that was what I came up with, I'd be pretty happy with it. Now, that's not what I expect out of a movie generally, but, yeah. you know, if I had made that myself, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty proud of it. Now, what about the Thing suit? I mean, 
I, I guess the same thing. Like if I had that suit as the thing, I'd be pretty proud of myself as well. And honestly, I mean, for what they were working with and uh, not really having any CGI, well, <laughs> 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 but without using any CGI doing a practical suit, I mean, it had expressive eyebrows and the mouth moved around and you saw Over, this, overly expressive lips. Yeah. I think they were, I mean, they were trying to compensate for it. They didn't want it to look stiff and like floppy and, for a movie with this budget in 1994, I'm impressed. For, you know, a good Fantastic Four movie, no. Yeah, I didn't see who did the uh, the practical effects for Things Suit, but it reminded me of um, the Ninja Turtles costumes. You know, how, how they had, like, motorized, like, mechanical yeah. effects controlling the face. It was clearly that actor. Well, I don't know if it was that actor under there. It, it still looked like his eyes, but... You could tell that the uh, that the head was molded to yeah. to resemble that actor, which I, I was pretty impressed with. Um, one thing that I remember from years before I ever saw the movie, um, I was reading in Wizard Magazine, Google it, kids, and they they just had some like screenshot of it or something, and and I I think there was like a word balloon saying like, why does it look like I'm made of Cracker Jacks? And I've never been able to look at that suit without <laughs> thinking that. Because they, they chose to, to use a lot of very small rocks. And they, they do look like fucking Cracker Jacks. Probably for, like, flexibility purposes, I'm thinking. Like, you could kind of see where the cowl connected to the rest of the suit. You know, yeah. it kind of had, like, a little rim of s smaller stuff around the neck. Yep, and, like, the traps. Yeah, but uh, honestly... All of that stuff looked better than I thought it was going to. Like, I'd seen some screenshots here and there, but actually seeing his face in action for the first time when he's, like, talking, I was like, holy shit. Like, I was expecting it to just be, like, a fairly stiff mask that maybe the m mouth opened a little bit. Which, funny enough, that's probably more what it should be. Even though it wouldn't make sense that, that he would be able to form complex words, you know, that you actually need, you know, to enunciate to do. But it probably would be more like, you know, let's let's compare it to the uh, 2005 or whatever Fantastic Four movie with the thing suit on that, because that was also a practical suit. Yeah. I mean, I think they both have their merits. I, I think I prefer the one from 2005 just because suit technology had gotten to a certain point. And he, you know, even though he wasn't tall, he, you know, he had he looked bulkier and there were bigger, more rocky looking rocks, you know, yeah. less Cracker Jackie. And they also had $90 million to spend on that movie, yeah. which I'm sure made a difference. Yeah. It's not really a suit, but how about that uh, How about that human torch at the end there? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that was, that was some low-budget CGI in a time when CGI was still not, you know, wide. I mean, I guess it was post-Jurassic Park, but yeah, was that was also say. like cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah, they did not hire ILM for this. No, they hired Mr. Film, Mr. apparently. Mr. Film. Yeah. And uh, it's so bad. Oh, you you laughed more at that than than anything else. Oh, my God. It, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's not good. And then, like, like, I think it was the shot where they show him, like, from head on flying towards. I was like, oh, oh, my. That is, that is really bad. Yeah, and they did that weird, like, uh, like, mirror perspective of just random, like, energy above and below him so it's like oh look he's moving in space yes. kind of you know it was like it was and yeah then, like at the end like he was like flying around in circles and you could tell they were trying to make it look like he was flying around in circles but they didn't really change the perspective on him correctly so it looked like he was just kind of gliding around like on a carousel it i looked, think i looked away oh it, it looked 
it was bad. It just, <laughs> all of it was bad. It was not good. Yeah, I think I was looking up the uh, the Max Fleischer Superman cartoon Mad Scientist because yeah. they totally reused <laughs> like some some direct motions of him getting hit by a laser, and they even like moved the camera the same, you know, or like the, it shows him flipping, getting hit in the back, and then it like closes up on him getting hit hit a couple other times. Like it was directly from that. Which I mean, solid callback, guys. Like th- those are good. You, like you showed me the the clip of that, and I was like, oh, I forgot how good those are. Yeah. Oh, they, they are lovely. They are not this movie. They, they are, I mean, they are considered some of the best superhero animation ever, you know? And, and yeah. when, when, uh, when Bruce Tim and them were, were putting together Batman, the animated series, they were looking to that for inspiration. Yeah, that's where they got all like the, the old thirties art deco style and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but we digress cause this isn't a show where we're going to be saying nice things. <laughs> So let's go back to the beginning, I guess. This is essentially an origin story of yeah. the Fantastic Four. Fairly standard Fantastic Four origin. I don't remember if uh, Colossus or anything had anything to do with, like, the Colossus thing. Was that from the their comic origin? Not like, as far as I know, I you know, because it's, it's, always, it's always just been cosmic rays. Yeah. And, like, you know, so it opens up with, with Reed Richards and Ben Grimm and Victor at uh at college victor von doom but they just call him victor and they're all in college together and reed and victor are working on an experiment to harness the power of colossus yeah which is something that moves faster than light and it's in the sky i don't i don't know yeah no i don't think it was very well thought out like it moves faster than light but then like they're trying to like follow it and track it and like how, how the fuck are you doing that yeah they just are yeah and, um, and I don't remember exactly what the experiment was, but, but that, that was fairly faithful to comic books that Reed Richards and, uh, Victor Von Doom disagreed on calculations. They went with Reed's shit blows up, fucks Victor up and he blames Richards. That's why he hates Reed Richards. Which was, I was a bit confused in this one because it seemed like he didn't go with Reed's. Seems like he went with his own because, like, right before the end, Reed was, or right before, like, they started, Reed was still like, "You sure? We, I think we need to run the simulations and your calculations." And he was just like, "They're fine. We're doing it." Well, yeah, I'm sorry, um, I said that wrong. In in the comic books, they disagree, and and uh, at least in one origin I've seen, so I, I'm not sure exactly how canonical it is that like they're going with reeds and then at the last minute like dr doom or victor von doom you know like switches back to his without reed knowing so like reed can still carry some guilt like oh shit like it was me that fucked him up but and and then victor von doom is so fucking full of himself and megalomaniacal that he's like ah, i did everything right as fucking richards yeah well in this one i don't I, I think he just kind of ignored richard's calculations altogether yeah he's all fuck you we don't have time it was a little confusing as to why he was mad at Reed when it was definitely his fuck up. Oh, I mean, because Doom. Yeah, he would never, yeah, ever consider anything to be his fuck up. And uh, let's let's not forget that uh, Reed and Ben apparently are boarding with. Uh, I think they were boarding there, or maybe they're just friends with the mother of uh, Sue and Johnny Storm, who are like like Sue Storm when this starts off, and Reed is in college. She's like twelve, and Johnny's like eight yeah i i that was an odd choice i'm not sure why they did that other than to to set up their mom uh giving them the 
team name. Yeah, no shit. Weirdly early in the movie. Well, I mean, it's so fucking creepy. You've got the little girl who was uh, the little the little spoiled rich jerk in uh, Adam's Family Values at the uh, at the oh, camp. Oh no shit! I didn't yeah. pick that up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, playing young Sue Storm and like college re- Reed for whatever reason gives her a little kiss on the cheek and she's like, like oh. oh Reed, and so so that can set it up. So when uh, I guess we can go back to the experiment. Shit goes wrong. Victor Von Doom, quote unquote, dies, but not really. Um, then 10 years later, Reed's uh, harboring guilt over that, and he's going to take his spaceship up into space and and uh, and harness the, the rays of Colossus again. And now, oh boy, when they decide to go pick up Sue and Johnny to be the other people on their spaceship. Which it, at least... Reed was pushing back on that. Yeah. <laughs> like he was like, I don't know if this makes sense. And then they just kind of like brushed that under the rug. Yeah. Sue walks down. She's what, 22 now because it's 10 years later. It seems as though they've never seen that. They haven't seen each other in a really long time. And all of a sudden it's like fucking love Spoing. at first sight. Yeah. And, and fuck dude. Like super ham fisted and awkward too. Like he's just like, they're like standing there staring at each other. And it's, it's like, oh, this is, it's just weird. Yeah, like like I bet in the script it just said like in all caps like they are in love. <laughs> um so then all of a sudden Reed's like, "Oh yeah, cool. Let's uh let's take them on our spaceship that you know, you see in the next scene. They somehow know all the operations of." Yeah, they don't show any like training montage or anything. They're, he's like giving them orders like, you know, turn the stabilizers on and do this and they just they know what to do. Yeah. They they are a, a well-oiled machine of a spaceship crew. It was weird how... Yeah, so this movie's rife with weird little inconsistencies. Uh, it is not a very well-thought-out script. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, like, they make it seem like he hasn't seen Sue in a really long time, like you said. But then, like, uh, uh, when... Uh, when Ben's trying to talk him into bringing them on onto the crew, he's like, no one knows this project better than they do. Yeah. Like, like they had been involved with it, or why would they know it better than anybody? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, but yes, sorry, I totally forgot. Uh, like you touched on, right after their, their awkward, ham-fisted love moment, they're all going to go walk out the, uh, walk out the house and, and mom, oh boy, what does she say? You guys are the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, what was yeah. the exact quote? Look at you. Yeah, the, the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Out of nowhere. They're just four people that are leaving the house. <laughs> like, why is she calling them the Fantastic Four? She thinks they, they're fantastic, John. <laughs> <laughs> you all she individually are fantastic and there's four of you so you're the fantastic four boy and we've got this uh we've got this running uh it's not a subplot i guess we've just got another running plot with this character called the jeweler yeah i i don't know why he was even in this movie yeah yeah because let's see because we've got alicia masters who's from the comic books she's the blind sculptor yep. and the the love interest of ben Grimm. And the jeweler falls in love with her, but would we need any of that to happen? Like, cause he like kidnaps her, but Doom could have just done that. Yeah. And like, we've got the jeweler that, that goes to steal this giant diamond that, that powers Reed Richards, uh, machine that looks nothing like a diamond. Oh no. It looks like a giant fucking pile of glass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, looks like Ben Grimm's turds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 
we were trying to figure out who he was because they didn't really say the jeweler for at all. Like I read it on like a little computer readout that was on the screen for like a second and a half, but they didn't say it until, you know, he'd been in the movie for like a half an hour. Best I could come up with was that they wanted to do the mole man, yeah. but they probably couldn't figure out all like the underground of it all. And then all of his, uh, can't remember what they're called. If they're like molites or something like his, his little, little minions. minions. Yeah. yeah. So he just became like a, like a rat king and like leader of a bunch of slack jawed hobos that don't really speak. That like to put their hands out and like touch people from afar without actually doing anything. Yeah. And like sniff them. Yeah. Yeah. They acted like mole people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Handsiness in this movie from a couple points, like there was a lot of really weird face touching Mm-hmm. throughout this whole movie from a from multiple different characters there was just a, like i don't know if the director was just like touch their face yeah, yeah okay yeah you're ro- running your fingers down their cheeks okay p- put your finger on maybe in their mouth come on <laughs> like, <I> <laughs> how like far a, are you gonna go pick his nose pick his <laughs> nose come on <laughs> like, lick your finger there was a, an uncomfortable amount of face touching in this film. yeah especially post corona i don't know i mean i guess they didn't have that going but like it was like what don't, why what's all what's with all the face touching stop it yeah like that that scene with dr doom and the the physician yeah. who was checking out the fantastic four like he was just like straight up caressing his yeah, face it's like what are you doing dude yeah and he even like sort of lifted him up by his neck but he could still talk yeah so I'm he not... wasn't struggling he was just hugging his neck with his hands yeah they did i mean he he lifted him it was it was weird like the dude raised up and then he put him down it was so bizarre <laughs> um yeah so due to the diamond being stolen and a and a forgery being replaced there, yeah, they go up to space and get bombarded by the cosmic rays of Colossus. So that that's comic book accurate. Yeah. Um, and then they explode in space and then... Crash land on Earth? Presumably, because that's where we see them next. Boy, they're just there. And they're all perfectly fine, which at least they kind of played to it like, this is weird. Why, how, why are we fine? We yeah. shouldn't be fine. So they at least kind of acknowledged the fact that that was stupid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they've got powers. You've, you, you've got Johnny Storm with the, with the power of, of the most comically overacted sneeze in the world after saying, I've got dirt in my nose and he lights shit on fire. I mean, I think everything he did was comically overacted. Holy I mean, shit. The, I mean, Johnny Storm can be a bit of in some of his iterations is a bit much. Yeah. Uh, this guy was a lot much. Everything he did was over the top. Like, I think I refer to him in my notes as over actor Supreme. Yeah. He, he uh, man, he is very intense. He yeah. won the Oscar for this, right? Or he would have <laughs> if it had been released. Oh, he was, he was going for it. This was his moment. He was in the boy who could fly before this. And, and, uh, that, that, that wasn't good enough for him. He he wanted it all. And then uh, yeah, Sue Storm, as normal, could turn invisible. She did use a force field near the end, I noticed yeah, that. that was yeah, cool. that was cool. Uh, but it... I feel you. I feel the exact same way. It, yes. I yeah. don't know what to say. <laughs> Reed Richards' stretching is so fucking bonkers. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Yeah. And uh, his, his clothes all stretch with him from the very beginning, which is, I mean, it was probably easier than actually like building a lifelike arm to just cover whatever thing they were stretch they were pushing out with yeah. uh, a cloth. But uh, it, it kind of ne- negated the need for them to have special suits other than uh, 
You know, I bet Sue's mom sewed those suits for them. Probably. That's why she came in with them. Yeah. And, and like, she was like, hey, I called you guys the Fantastic Four. Why don't I put a four on them? And then Johnny's like, yeah, that's a great idea, mom. And then, and then he goes to the team and he's like, right? She said we were the Fantastic Four. And they're like, hey, good one, Johnny. And he's like, yeah, I thought of it myself. <laughs> Take that, mom. Um... Yeah, those those Reed Richards effects were bad. Like like whether it was, you know, like a hand on a pole getting pushed out and like, you know, using camera trick perspective that wasn't done very well or some early CGI um for Reed to like trip people. Yeah. Or or kick a laser beam. I I I liked the kick a laser beam one. I mean, <laughs> it was just clearly there's like a big foam long leg and foot that they knocked the laser off. <laughs> It's like, why not? Um, and we did talk about, about the costumes there. So, I mean, what was weird in this movie was that they, after that, they go back to the lab and Reed's doing blood tests and stuff. And they've got this, he's got this theory that like, oh, because I'm always overworking myself and stretching myself too thin, I'm stretchy. And she's like, Sue, you're shy. So you're, you're invisible. Yeah. And, and Johnny, you're a hothead. And he's like, thing, you're strong. Like, wait, what? <laughs> so why is he fucking covered in rocks? I you don't got know. Those rock hard abs. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, that dude was fucking ripped. Yeah, he was a big dude. Yeah. And then we have that scene where where things like uh like gonna rescue Alicia and and even though they only met once, she's like, I, I love, love you. And makes the weirdest fucking face. When she oh, yeah. said that too. I was like, wait, what is this face you're making? Is that an I love you face? I don't know. She was getting into her character. She's like, well, she's never seen her own face, so she doesn't know what kind of face yeah, somebody she doesn't know makes. How dumb she looks. Yeah, it, it's just raw emotion from, from a <laughs> lady who was blind since birth. And his rocks disappear and then come back when when uh when, when he's he gets not mad around. again. Yeah. Uh well, and it had that whole weird, like morose thing section where he's like oh i'm a, you know i'm ugly i'm a freak like I mean, he does that yeah but that's a, that's a thing he does yeah but he's just like I, and i couldn't tell how long that was supposed to be like was that like 30 minutes where he's like wandering around town and like i was i don't know he's gonna ask those ladies what time it is and they freak out like i don't know what he was trying to tell them yeah and then he like covers himself up and sits behind a restaurant for a little bit and yeah. he's like get the fuck out of here like is that what he did 10 minutes after leaving the building like, <laughs> made it look like he was like a homeless guy now and he'd been on the street for weeks but that was not yeah, with the rest of the timeline like what the fuck is going on he probably would have just left the building with the four fours on it and like walked to central block park. yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then like the you know the guys find him the mole men people find him the, yeah. the the hobos and they're like oh you can come with us and he like goes down the sewer and they like welcome him in and, and i guess he's just like all right yeah this is my life now I, I I look kind of funny, and so now I'm going to live in a sewer, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, because because I'm bummed, and Reed Richards yeah. is a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he goes back, and then uh, and then they're like, "Oh shit, it's fucking Doctor Doom!" Because I looked at my notes, and there's a language I don't understand that only Doom ever used. He's alive. So they all put on their suits and they fly in their spacecraft. Or I mean, they're 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 flying chip that they have because you see it for a very quick moment with some bad special effects and they fly to to this barren wasteland where there's a castle on a cliff uh to go fight dr doom and stop him from using his laser and uh 
man, I feel like, like I just started to space out. Cause I'm, I mean, it's, it's not early on a Saturday night and we did a show today and, you know, struggling to, to concentrate on this thing. So yeah, it's, what, they, they just beat up some henchmen, right? And the, oh yeah. The, oh geez. Hello, John. How did you forget this? So they get trapped in these little force field beams. And I, I don't know if this was filmed in sequence, but I have to imagine it was because it's the end of the movie <laughs> and they're wearing these fucking awful tights. And the character of Reed Richards just, he just can't, he, he <laughs> is only there physically, like in the entire scene, there was actually one shot where I questioned if it was actually him there or if it was just like a still shot that they played there with like a, an energy beam around him because he didn't he, he's not moving one bit. Dr. Doom is just going on and on. Oh, he's got his big soliloquy. Holy shit. And then eventually he starts trying to suck out their powers and like Sue to start with is just fucking like screaming. Like it is fucking painful. Johnny's overacting with his hands. Even thing is sort of, he has a snarl face. And he's like shaking a little bit. Yeah. Reed's just fucking standing. Like it cuts to him and he's just kind of like, he stands there and he's just kind of like, you seem like look over to the side, like kind of like, is this supposed to hurt? What am I supposed to be acting right now? Are they rolling? Yeah. Like the director's <laughs> like, hey, you're supposed to be in pain. He's like, eh, this is what my character looks like when he's pain. Fuck off. <laughs> or when he's in pain. But I mean, like he, he could not be bothered to, no. to show any expression whatsoever. <laughs> it was amazing. Like that may be my favorite part in the entire movie. I want to, I want to hear a story about how like they got in a big fight and he was just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Yeah. 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 You want acting here? Eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, that's fully how it feels for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like he delivers a few lines later on, but they are, there's not a lot behind there. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He he gets in a little uh, CGI stretch punch fight with Doctor Doom and punches him off a building. But like, I, I I really feel like it was once he got in those tights, he's like, oh fuck, because there were a few moments early on where I was yeah I was thinking he's he's a good Reed Richards, you know, like he he's got really bad material. This is very low budget. Yeah, but like he ain't he ain't the problem. No, he, he actually, I thought he was probably doing the best job out of, out of all of them as far as playing his role. Agreed. Uh, up until that point, in w which case he, he totally stopped playing his role. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he brought himself to the level of the rest of the movie. Um, and, I, and I guess speaking of people uh, really playing their role, there's Doom. Yeah. That guy. Oh, boy. Uh he hammed it up pretty good. And, and I, I don't know if he was trying to compensate for the lack of facial expressions. He had to been. But, uh, I mean, it was like he was doing his own version of sign language the entire time he was talking. It was amazing. <laughs> All of the, like, even if he's just, like, standing there, like, his fingers are twiddling. Like, he's, like, uh, like I, I thought he was having a stroke. Yeah. For a second, like like his fingers just don't stop moving. He's just got his arms like in front of his chest, and they're just like wiggling around. And then like he does his little arm up in up, up in the air behind him thing, little flourish, and, the, and like holds it for a long time. Yeah, and brings it up all. I mean, it's just 
like there's a part where he's on a TV screen like, delivering <laughs> them something and, and like just like all, you don't even see his whole body it's just like his head and maybe a little bit but his his hands are just always in front of him and he's like he's like touching his face and like mm-hmm. and, and at one point he says something about 12 I don't remember what it was but he like writes the number 12 in the air with yeah. his fingers it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on why <laughs> It's so overdramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it, it was even overdramatic by like Power Rangers standards. Yes. And, and like for a second there, like we started imitating him and just trying to like follow along with what he's doing. Like it was so bananas. Um, so like we said, you know, Johnny outraces a laser somehow and, and, and stops it. Thing beats people up. Yeah. Uh, Sue uses her energy shield and uh, Reed stretches. I mean, they do the stuff they do. Yeah. And save the day. It's the equivalent of the costumes, you know, where it's like, it is technically what it should be, just (laughs) very poorly executed. Um, And then it ends with a wedding where Sue's in a wedding dress, at least. But holy shit, Reed is in those tights. So's Johnny. And then things wearing his standard getup. His little underoos. Yeah. It was a missed opportunity. I was really hoping, because he's in the back and you don't see him at first. I was really hoping he would have just a bow tie on, like a a Chippendale dancer (laughs) or something. Yeah, black underoos. Yeah, but uh, he didn't. It was just the same old costumes. And then the very last shot we get, the the other thing that I remember. So, So the two things earlier that I didn't mention were things that I had heard in Wizard Magazine years ago. One was the Cracker Jack, and then the other one was just the the comically artificial arms sticking out of the of the limousine <laughs> waving as they're driving away like it's just this like For so long too yeah, it's so long and or, or yeah yeah the the arm itself and the shot yeah. is super long and and the arm for no reason just has like these bendies it goes like back and forth a couple times with like a hand on the top and, and it's just like somebody inside the limo with, uh, with a stick that it's attached yeah. to w- waggling it back and forth he's got wiggly arms it was, oh. Holy crap. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, this movie doesn't star anybody of note. Um, I, I, I did look up the actor playing the jeweler. I thought he was the guy that played toodles in uh, hook, but the, I no, apparently was not. was not correct. But was the I mean, professor from the beginning, somebody from something his, he looked semi-familiar and his voice sounded really he familiar. He did look a little familiar. Yeah. Why don't you, yeah, you've, you've got a computer machine yeah, check that. in front of you. Let's see. IMDb. No, uh, I need all cast. He's definitely not going to be in top cast. <laughs> uh, apparently is George Gaines. Is that who I'm thinking it is? I don't know. Yes, he is the, yeah, yeah he, he that's what I recognize him from. Uh, he, he was the commandant. He was like the leader of the school in the Police Academy movies. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen any of those, and I'm pretty sure I've never seen at least a few of them. Like, yeah, I don't know if I've seen, I don't know how high they go. I've seen at least through like four. Yeah, I think there, I think there were like six official. Oh shit. But. But yeah, okay. So he did look familiar. He was in something. Apparently he was in Tootsie too. I don't think I've ever oh. seen Tootsie. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Um, and this movie, even though it's, uh, it's credited to Roger Corman, you know, it must've just been produced by Roger Corman because the director is apparently... Ole Sasson. I, I, I may be pronouncing it incorrectly, but it is not directed by Roger Corman. So uh, I think this guy got off scot-free, hopefully, because <laughs> everyone just says it's Corman's fault. And, um, you know, the score in certain parts 
wasn't bad. And in other parts, it was terrible. Yeah. I had high hopes because right at the beginning, like when they're doing the, when they're initializing the machine or whatever, it was, the music was fucking good. It yeah. It set the tone. It was dramatic. When Victor was getting zapped, like it was, yeah. it was very well done. And then, you know, Bulk and Skull show up, the uh, Doom's lackeys, and it's, and it's, and it's like Power Rangers, like, do, do, boop, boop, do, Totally nineties. Like they do the same thing in like the Flash TV show when when yeah. some some goofballs would show up like boop be doop be doop be doop. Like what the fuck is going on now? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. It did have a couple. It had a couple little um little stinger notes that reminded me of Jurassic Park. I, there there were a couple of parts in the movie where 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 a thing would play that that took me to Jurassic Park, but I can't remember exactly what the notes were anymore. And the problem with it for me was the. Uh, when the music was good, it just kind of felt right and okay. But when the music was bad, it like took me out of it. And, yeah. and it was very noticeable when it would cut to this, you know, cheesy 90s TV show, goofy <laughs> music. Um. So all said and done, Ben, what what's your, uh, I mean, we're not really doing normal structure with this because your first impression is now. Yep. Your yeah. favorite use in pop culture is probably bootlegs. Oh, on on that note, the bootleg you had was kind of cool. Like it was a DVDR with yeah. nothing written on it at all. It was clearly <laughs> something somebody just burned. Yeah, but it it had a DVD menu with uh, a special features section that included the trailer and some stills. And like, I guess if you put it into your computer, it's got like some articles and and the 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 soundtrack and shit on it. And and each menu had like a nice little video and its own music in the background. Mm-hmm. Like while you were uh, getting ready. Uh, and we had the DVD menu screen up. Thank you. I was, uh, man, I, I was looking, I was like, I was kind of getting stoked. Because <laughs> like, they, they took some cuts of some of the action scenes, some of the stuff that was going on. I was like, man, this doesn't look that bad, actually. I mean, the trailer probably gave you the best of the movie. It gave you yeah. some some thing action, a couple, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it tells you the basic story. It shows like like their little origin. It shows Reed stretch out, but. and no, and hardly anybody talks. Like that was the best thing about the DVD menu. I was just looking at it. I'm like, that Doom looks pretty cool. Fucking that suit, <laughs> the you know the thing suit looks better than I thought it would. Yeah, and uh, there's some fighting and stuff. I'm like, okay, thing bursts through a wall and shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this, <laughs> this might not be that bad. Uh, but then like you know, there was the writing of the movie that kind of lowered it down a bit. Well, like and, that. and the, like the energy effects and stuff of, of both the device in the beginning when they were trying to harness the power where doom gets fucked up. And then like the laser stuff in the end where it just, it really smacked of like, it reminds me of, uh, the Superboy TV show from like 1990, yeah. you know, and it's, it's not good, which, you know, I can look past that. Like, I mean, I like good special effects. They're great, but. If you have a good story, but you don't have the money and you got some semi-cheesy effects, like I can look past that. It doesn't bother. This did not have that. Though. No. It it did. It wasn't backed up by anything else that was really good. Nope. Like, I mean, I would say I think the best thing about this movie is probably the costuming. Oh, no. I mean, oh, no. At least Doom and Thing. But I, I mean... There's nothing that's better than the costuming in the movie. I'm not saying the yes. costuming is especially great, yes. but it is it is the highlight of the movie, I think. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> so, ouch. Um, so, I didn't read any articles, but you were reading up top uh, some of the stuff about the production. Do you have any uh, any insight there? 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the the interesting. So this this one this movie has been rumored for a long time. Like, you know, why was it made and never mm-hmm. released? Like, because it like we mentioned at the up at the top that it was uh, like it was announced. There was a trailer. It was hyped at San Diego Comic Con. I guess the the actors at Comic Con like paid for a, a bunch of promotional stuff themselves because they didn't feel <laughs> like this, like like it was getting enough promotion, and they were all stoked about it, and people were excited. <laughs> and then they ended up getting a cease and desist letter from the studio being like, yo, stop talking about the movie. <laughs> and they're like, we are trying to bury this. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, and, uh, the Reed Richards actor is just like, yes, I know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to promote it. Leave me out of this shit. And then it got canceled. And like, and like one of the theories that had been floating around and that I'd heard before was that, you know, they never intended to release it in the first place, that it was made just to kind of hang on to the uh, to the rights, yeah. to the Fantastic Four, which they did end up using. I mean, the same people that held the rights, I can't remember the dude's name, but uh, they ended up making the other two Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, that's that's what I'd always heard, was that, yeah, like because as long as you have a movie in production, your rights won't lapse. But if you're not doing anything with the property, then the rights will revert Back to Marvel Studios or whoever it was licensed from. Rumor even has it that that's why the Fan Four Stick was made and still put out because you know they had to do something with it. And they're like, and Josh Trank was an up and comer, you know, with his Chronicle movie. And they're like, all right, let's give this guy a fucking budget. Let's see what he can do. And it started coming in. They're like, oh fuck, what have we done? And he he even admits that he was in over his head, you know, that, that he got burnt out and, and it, it, it wasn't working well, but they're just like, well, fuck, you know, we're, we're doing it because otherwise we're going to lose the rights. And, you know, they kept it until, until Marvel bought Fox. Like that, that was part of the, uh, part of the Fox acquisition was getting fantastic Four and, uh, X-Men. And in fact, Marvel was so pissed that, uh, that Sony was pushing out that fantastic four movie that they like basically killed them off in the comics like they and they denied it at the time but it's since been proven that they like fully stopped producing fantastic four comic books because they didn't want to support that i mean i guess speaking of marvel not wanting to support things according at least to what i i looked into on wikipedia so i mean however good that is but it seems (laughs) like that's pretty much what happened with this what is said to have happened, and it was confirmed by um, Avi Arad, mm-hmm. who was one of the executives at the time. Um, I think he was—I I don't know—he uh, was—he was a Toy Biz executive, and then and then when they got in bed with Marvel, because I think Toy Biz bailed them out of the Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Yeah, Avi was basically like head honcho at uh, at Marvel, at least with with like the media and stuff. Yeah, and so basically, like I guess in an interview in in two thousand or in twenty. 20- in 2002 2002 he um he he was on like a like vacationing in puerto rico and had a fantastic four shirt on and like some kid came up to him and was like I like your shirt dude i can't wait to see that movie and he was like movie what do you mean and like looked into it and saw that there was like a you know low budget movie being made and he was like oh no no that's i don't want this to hurt the property and so he basically offered a million bucks for the movie and uh to make it go away <laughs> destroy the you know like i like i tell you what i'll buy the movie from you for a million dollars done it goes away we'll destroy the negatives never happened yeah 
And uh, that's what they did. I mean, it didn't go away, though. It's it, No. We still got to watch it. Yeah, somebody, somebody got a hold of it. I mean, I, I would love if they would just fucking dig it up do a little little remaster on it and fucking put it on uh on Disney Plus. <laughs> like I would love that to death. They're not going to do that with this or the holiday special. Yeah, or or I mean, you know, do it do it with the the Captain America movie from 1990 or whatever it was with Matt Salinger. You're like, "Come on, just embrace your your bullshit failures." Yeah, and, it's not, and it's not going to hurt the brand at this point. The brand no. is what it is. I mean, everyone knows like anyone who's a fan will be like, oh, that's a kind of a cool thing to watch. And, the, you know, they could put it in like a subsection that's uh, like old bad shit. I think they even had a section like that once for, for the cartoons, for like the old stuff, like yeah. legacy or something. Yeah. And that would be, uh, I mean, it would be cool. I don't know what they wouldn't get any new subscribers out of it or anything, but uh, they might. Yeah, yeah, maybe. In, in the One comic community, yeah. like if somebody somebody was dragging their feet and like, dude, you can watch the fucking Roger Corman Fantastic Four. They might get a month out of someone. I mean, let's see. I, I don't think it was HBO Max, but um, when the DC Universe app existed, they put on like this. There was this uh, shit. I don't remember if it was a special or like a mini series of like DC superheroes from the from the 70s. That I'd only ever seen like stills from because they, it, it was never on DVD or anything. But Adam West came back as Batman. Burt Ward as Robin. They had like fucking Hawkman and uh, shit. I can't remember anymore. There were, there were a bunch of heroes. No Superman. Um, but then there was like Frank Gorshin came back as the Riddler. Oh, nice. And there was a, I feel like there was a Solomon Grundy and maybe. Oh, cool. Fuck. Oh, there was, I believe there was a Captain Cold. Like it was sort of. Like a, like a a not well produced version of like the Super Friends, but live action. You know, like like it had that sort of feel. And I watched a couple of, or actually, because I don't remember if it was a TV series, but I at least watched like twenty minutes of it. I, I feel like it was an epi- like there like like it was episodic, but you know, it was not something that DC has any pride in. I'm sure. So it was uh it was cool that they still just put it up there for people to enjoy. Yeah. Why not, right? I mean, they're not they're not going to lose any money on it at this point. Yeah, exactly. There's that shitty uh those two uh sorry, Captain America movies from the 70s where the second one was filmed partially in our hometown of Folsom. Yeah. So, I wouldn't mind if they all showed up. Honestly, it was like I enjoyed watching it. I got some laughs out of it, not at parts that they expected me to laugh at, that's for sure. I don't think it's something I would watch with any sort of regularity. But uh I'm not entirely certain because it's been a while, but uh, it's not the worst Fantastic Four movie, I don't think. Like, I think I'd rather watch this one than the last one. Oh, that's tough. Because I really didn't like the last one at all. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. And this one at least was a more charming type of bad. That one was like soulless, money grab, no real reason it should be around and bad. This one was at least someone had some reverence for the for the property and and it's like that B movie charm that a big budget shit movie doesn't have. Yeah, I guess not like a perfect comparison, but it'd be like would you rather watch the holiday special or Attack of the Clones? It's like something something that is just I'd still rather watch Attack of the Clones. I mean, the holiday special. Okay. I, we, we tried to watch it a while ago. We did. We didn't. Yeah, we did for an episode, right? Or we we tried to watch it. I didn't. 
I thought we did. Did I? I? Yeah, no. Oh, I, yeah, we got like 19 minutes in or some shit. Yeah, I think somewhere during the, the weird Wookiee porn, or, or was it the weird cooking? I don't know, with, man. Like, I, I had sworn years ago to never watch that again. I'd rather watch this Fantastic Four flick again than the holiday special. All right. That is 100% certain. <laughs> you know, every decade or so I get nostalgic and I'm like, yeah, maybe the holiday special wasn't that. No, it's that bad. It is yeah. so fucking bad. Well, I mean, I think the best way I can sum up my feelings on this movie is when the movie ended, I questioned whether or not I actually wanted to go up to your Xbox and eject it and put it in its case and put it in my backpack. <laughs> I was like, do, do I need to do that? I mean, I could just. I could just let fate take care of it. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Um, unless it's to show somebody, you know, how how ridiculous it is. Um, but I won't I won't have any qualms looking at my phone the entire time. Do you want to give it away on the podcast? Yes, but I'm wondering if we can get in trouble for distributing a movie that uh Come at me, bro. I'm not worried about it. All right. So, yeah. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to, whoever, whoever calls in to 916 Orc Turd and makes the best case or leaves the best voicemail or something? Yeah. yeah. All, the, yeah all they got to do is make a phone call. That's easy, right? Yeah. Call 916 Orc Turd and tell us. Uh, Entertain us. Yeah. Tell us why you want to see the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. And after listening to us talk about it, I'm not, you're going to have to come up with some reasons because I'm not, I'm not sure what they'd be. This movie was not good. Yeah. You're either going to have to appeal, uh, to, to pity, you know, make, make, make it, make it sound really sad that you're really desperate or tell us some funny jokes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to trick your little brother into thinking there's a new Fantastic Four movie out. (laughs) I mean, like it's bad, but it, I think it's worth a watch if you've never seen it. I mean, I, there's worst ways to spend 90 minutes. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my, watching the Star Wars (laughs) holiday special is definitely one of them. I mean, I'd watch this one over Attack of the Clones, I think. Well, then again, I haven't seen, no, I've seen Attack of the Clones recently enough when we did our Star Wars episode. I mean, honestly, I think The Phantom Menace might be worse than Attack of the Clones. Really? No, I think Attack of the Clones is, what's weird is. I don't remember Attack of the Clones from when we watched it for our Star Wars episode. Did I skip that one somehow? Maybe. Because I remember watching Phantom Menace and, uh, and uh, I don't know, Butthole Lava Movie. I did not. High Ground. I did not uh, watch the Phantom Menace. I watched the, um, what I, oh, yeah, I, I watched like the, the, yeah, the, it was like the ne- Neon Noir or something. It was, it was like a, a cut of the first two movies in about an hour and a half. Yeah. And uh, I think it was better that way. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch the original trilogy again. I've, I've Oh, I went and checked out that uh, that YouTube channel that you recommended oh, yeah. in, the, in the mini, and those were very entertaining, and they got me in the mood for Star Wars. I've got those, uh, those restored original, uh, you know, theatrical cut ones, so I think I need to go back and, and give them another watch. Fuck yeah. Um, as far as recommending this movie, you know... If yes, you know, if you've got 90 minutes and you want to have a good laugh, by all means, watch this. This won't be something that that you put in your regular rotation unless it's one of those weird movies like, uh, you know, uh, man, me and my me and my droning on and on without getting to the point. Oh, Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) um, Preston's little brother 
like his group of friends, for whatever reason, whenever there was a special occasion or something, or like once a year, they would watch Lone Wolf McQuaid with, uh, with Chuck Norris. And I, I was watching it one once at, at his bachelor party, actually. Um, Sounds like a wild time. Boy, it was that, that movie is, is bonkers. But I remember buying that for Preston when we were like little kids, because I was like, Hey, it's Chuck Norris. He likes Chuck Norris here. Here's a, you know, it was Christmas or birthday or something. So I feel slightly responsible for that. But, um, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where you and your group of friends will once a year decide to watch Fantastic yeah, Four. Or just put it on the be- on in the background when you're having a party. You could mute it and you'd still understand everything Doom said. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's doing sign language. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, then you walk over to the store and he's doing like little walk things with his <laughs> finger on his palm. <laughs> so don't sit there in front of the TV jerking off. And he's doing the, the little, little hand there. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, boy. I don't know. I think it'll be a while before I watch it again. I, I can see. Well, if we give it away, you might not ever watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess one final thing is uh, Marvel's got the Fantastic Four back. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's rumors that it'll be, you know, the the capstone of Phase Four, uh, which I, I heard recently, it, which is good because I was worried it would get pushed to Phase Five because I would like to see a good Fantastic Four yeah. movie because. I like the characters and they've got, I mean, they've, between Doom and Galactus and, you know, Silver Surfer, they got some fucking really cool villains. Like, I like Doom a lot. And so I'd like to see a good portrayal of Doom. And this was not a good portrayal of Doom. No. He looked good, though. Yeah. I like the way he looked. So that was halfway there. Uh, the other two movies didn't get there at all. Yeah. And Doom is a character that can be a, a big marvel universe spanning bad guy like he he is one of the heavy hitters for a reason and he's the kind that can that can almost play both sides like if there's he could be a a bit of a villain and then if something like galactus shows up or you know kang i mean we know they're doing kang the conqueror if he's going to you know an existential threat they need they need doom to help and he's going to be a dick about it and if he win, if you guys win he's probably going to double cross you yeah, and in the comic books, Doom had a time platform, you know, and and yeah, yeah. When 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 they had to get together, they did. And there there are um, some, you know, I guess they're they're not really like heavily involved in. The, okay, so it's Jim Shooter who wrote the original Secret Wars story for Marvel. He was at a convention not long ago saying, like, basically, like, no, like that somebody offered me like money to write the novelization of Secret Wars, which I turned down, but. They're doing secret wars. He's like that. That's what they're building to right now, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's it's you know tons of different worlds all being being brought together on a battle world to battle it out. And guess who was involved in that heavily? Holy shit! Fantastic Four, X Men, Doctor Doom. So it all makes sense. And if there's one property that is tailor made for the Marvel style, it is Fantastic Four. They oh, should yeah. be more family oriented. Um, that was the problem with the Josh Trank one. I mean, well, one of them, they, they, they just, they strayed too far from the source material. It's, it's all about family. Reed Richards is an older gentleman, you know, and, and like he's, he's the smartest fucking man on earth. That's where the Tim story one went wrong was that Reed was a fucking dumb, dumb as far as you could tell, you know, but Reed Richards should be figuring out time travel right alongside fucking Tony Stark. Yes. But uh, yeah, like, like they, they, they're all heart and that, that's what I'm looking forward to Marvel bringing, bringing to the table with Fantastic Four. And I'd like to see them do 
Ben Grimm right. Yeah. Because he, uh, you know, because he's just a man of sheer fucking willpower and stick to Yeah. You know, like he's. And clobbering. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, he's never going to give up. And they always kind of portray him as a bit of a wet blanket at some point, which he, you know, he, sure, he's upset about getting his powers and stuff. But like once he becomes comfortable in his skin, which I'm kind of hoping they skip the origin if they're going to do Fantastic Four, which I don't know if they're going to do. Yeah. But it, just get into them, you know, being, you know, comfortable with who they are already. So you don't have to spend half the movie, you know, listening to thing whine about how he's made of rocks now. Yeah, it sucks that that happened in the comic books in the beginning because it's just, you know, intertwined with what the Fantastic Four is. If you're telling an, an origin story, Ben has to get pissed because that is what a human being would do. Yeah. But yeah, they the, both with this one and in fact, all of them so far, they've spent entirely too long on it. Like that doesn't have to be the focus. No, and I think I think if they just skip past it and get to where he is comfortable being who he is already... He's a, he's an awesome character. He's a lot of fun. He uh, he's he's he can be a bit of I don't want to say comic relief, but I mean he's one that would crack a joke here and there for sure. Yeah, make a pun, and uh, and when when he's got to fight somebody, he's he's gonna fucking kick ass until he until he can't. Well, the uh, the thing and Human Torch dynamic is a lot of fun in the comic books, and they did do a bit of that in the Tim Story uh, yeah. Fantastic Four movies. You know, their 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 rivalry there. Um, so it, it would be fun to see more of that. Now, what do you feel about CGI versus practical? Because we had a CGI one in the latest Fantastic Four movie. And then I think for something more recent to look at is Korg in, uh, in yeah. the Endgame. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, would, I, I might lean towards CGI. Yeah. You know, they can do it really well. I like practical effects generally, but it's always going to, with something like this, a costume on somebody, it's it's always going to look a little off. Yeah. I think it would be good to have a practical suit that they could use for most things and then, and then maybe, enhance it. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Like, you know, for if he's standing there doing something, then, you know, have a practical suit that he's standing in. But when you need like a close up of his face talking, mm-hmm. maybe it makes more sense to do some CGI. And then obviously with a man that's on fire. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just meant thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do there? Yeah. A man who is living plasma. I mean, that's tough to do a costume yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could just look to the Corman movie for how to do it right. I mean, and, and as, like I said, as much as I hate CGI, like Fantastic Four is an effects heavy yeah. team. And uh, you can't do it without some CGI well. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do Mr. Fantastic without CGI. And, you know, like we touched on earlier, it's they got to figure out the right way to use it. And like, for me, like I don't need Reed Richards always, you know, like, like he's going to look stupid if they're falling out of a building and he turns himself into a parachute for them to all hang on to. Like it looks cool in the comic books, but in the movie, well, then again, maybe Marvel will do it right. Maybe it'll be more like the Incredibles, which is, you know, my favorite use of fantastic foreign pop culture. Cause (laughs) no shit. They were were basically doing a, a super powered family, you know? Uh, but yeah, maybe it could look cool if if they maybe if they embrace the comic bookiness of it. Yeah, and don't try to make it cool. Which is, I think, where the la- where the la- you know the two big one major ones went wrong is they tried to ground it a bit more. And, you know, they're these are not characters that are well grounded. I mean, 
Yeah. They, they, with the powers they have, this is not like a gritty, realistic tale. Like it's okay to be a bit comic booky. It's a fucking. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You should, that's what it is. You should celebrate the attitude of exploration and imagination. Like, like in a, in a similar way to like early Disney, you know, just like looking yeah. forward to the world of tomorrow and exploration is everything. And I'm so pissed at, at uh, I think it was Mark Wade for his run on there because I had I had had some idea for for a comic book group uh, that that I was gonna I was just referring to as like I think it was the the Imaginots and I was like oh I like that term you know it just stuck out in my head and then I I fucking was reading a, reading a Mark Wade uh, Fantastic Four comic and he referred to them as Imaginots and I was so pissed because even <laughs> though I thought of it before I read that I knew I could never use it. Yeah, he's got a bit more of a platform than you. Yeah, but I love that term, Imaginots. Oh, yeah. that's such a spirit of, of exploration uh, term. Now, as far as Doom, though, Doom needs a good practical suit. I don't want to CGI Doom. 100%. He doesn't need to be CGI, and they could make a bitch in fucking Doom suit. Yeah. And I want to see that. There needs to be some mobility in the face, like like maybe in the in the piece, like like the the jaw piece and the cheek piece, like just have it have it have some little flexors in there, so at least his face moves. You know, maybe you can see yeah. a little bit of mouth behind the uh, the the like mouth metal pieces or something, because you know if it's just still, then you have no choice but to do all of your hand acting and everything. But I also don't want to see like lips moving yeah i mean i don't want to see ultron on doom's yes, face yeah i mean doom can be a little uh what's the word i'm looking for grandiose uh self-important yeah like i mean him like making big epic arm movements and stuff and and just being really dramatic perfectly fine with that that's that's very doom-esque you yeah know, he, is, he is a dramatic dude but uh it shouldn't come up like this one came off just looking stupid and not making any sense. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess even like, even a doom, like sitting heavily shadowed on a throne, like speaking, but, but th then I guess with that one, you're not featuring his face so much. That would be, you know, heavy shadows and yeah. it's all about the voice and stuff. But yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe it was just the way they played this. Like if, if doom went to like McDonald's with Reed Richards or something like it, it's it's tough to see them carrying on a conversation with just his stationary mask. Yeah, maybe maybe only light it for dramatic effect. Ordering a Doom Mac, uh, a McDoom. At, come at, on, yes, at, at McDoomolds. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite like tidbits of Doom is that like in Latveria, like sure they can import music, but they edit it. So, you know, the Beatles come in, but, you know, it's all you need is doom. <laughs> he just puts his name and likeness on everything. Yeah. Anything that talks about killing or hating, they, they insert Richards into there. Yeah. yeah. Cursed Richards. <laughs> it's fucking great. Oh, all right. Um, do you want to give this movie a rating? Did we do that for Zardoz? I don't know, but we should have if yeah. we didn't. Uh, yeah. I, uh, so what are we rating it out of? Is it eight again? Because that was a weird scale, but was I'm that okay what we with did that. before? For what? I don't know, you, you asked me to rate something out of eight recently. <laughs> I didn't want to be predictable. Um, no, hey, out of four. <laughs> Duh. It's one of those scales. Um, well, I mean, it's fucking Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, I I would give this one and a half. Oh, damn! I thought you were. I thought you'd go higher. I thought about two, but that's fifty percent of the way. To four, 
And I don't know if this is a 50%. Like, yeah, I don't think it, I'd it, give it five out of 10. That seems a little Is it a, a zero high. to 100 or, or is it, or is it a like school grading scale? I, I always it go has zero. to be zero to 100. I yeah. always go zero. I mean, the movie seller has this debate all the time where it's like, yeah, George says, you know, five's a mediocre movie. And, uh, and everyone else is like, no, you know, five is a bad movie. I don't know what they're scared. Yeah. Cause, cause Dan's well, got a weird scale. Well, five care. is still an F because, you know, 59% and below is, is an F. So yeah, I'd, somebody tried to do that with me recently too. Out of a hundred percent. How good is it? I, don't, I mean, I, yeah, 1.5. It's not great. It's not good. It's, uh, it's not okay. Yeah. But it's got some redeemable qualities and a little bit of charm. So, you know, I don't want to give it just a one because it's not the, it's not the worst. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. If, if, if we're not going any more fractions than, than 0.5s, then yeah, 1.5 is where it has to sit. Cause I, I, I could see on a, on a slightly more generous day, giving it a two, but yeah, yeah. Like, like five out of 10 needs to be reserved for true mediocrity. And this doesn't quite get there. Yeah. So, so just, it has to be below two. Yeah. Cause it is, it is bad. Like it is, <laughs> it is objectively bad. So, okay. So if we were going like out of 10, I think I'd go four out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you folks for, uh, for hanging out with us today and go check this movie out. Um, you can hit us up, uh, on the social medias. We got a Facebook page, Geek Exploration, the podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. You can shoot us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Or if you would like to win this here copy of Fantastic Four, the legendary Roger Corman Fantastic Four, um, infamously legendary, uh, call us up at 916-ORC-TURD and leave a message and uh, make your case. Uh, that's 916-ORC-TURD, and we'll even cover the shipping. Unless you live in like Mozambique, yeah, then 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 or anywhere Mozambique adjacent. Basically, if you don't live in the United States, you know uh, what? I mean, if we got an international listener, we can figure it out. Yeah, well, I guess it wouldn't be that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be like a dick move. Twenty-five bucks like, or something. Hey, call us, but you got to pay. No, yeah, I, they, I they think gotta, we could ship it for like thirteen. Yeah, they got to pay you know, like long distance to call us, right? Because they got to call the U.S. Is that still a thing? That. I I have no idea. Weird. Yeah. Um, but do it. 916-ORC-TURD, 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. And if you enjoyed this show, um, uh, more than uh, you'll enjoy the Fantastic Four movie that we covered. Um, Hopefully. Then uh, leave us a review. Uh, if you enjoy this show less than that, just keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. We don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We've uh, we've got merch available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Yeah, we is. And our theme song, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. It's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs>